0: Enjoy the show.
1: This is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank you. two, three.
0: You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to our patron mailbag series episode number 22. Mm. My name is Nick Howell.
1: And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And welcome back to the show where we answer your questions. And by your, I mean, if you're a patron of the show, and you have uh, subscribed, then we're going to answer your questions. If you're not a patron of the show, you can still listen to our answers, but it's better if you go and, and put your questions in yourself by going to patreon.com forward slash BWO and signing up and helping us with the show. And speaking of which, thank you to all everyone who has already done that and who is a patron and is helping us do this show and supporting us. We love you and thank you so very much for that. We can't wait to answer your questions on this very show today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love
0: doing yes, it. Yes, it, and listen, it's it's March 7th already, guys. It's time. It's time. You need to sign up this month. You can go ahead and take advantage of all the perks this month because your entry will get you into the WrestleMania Patrons Pick'ems oh, Challenge.
1: Oh yeah. So,
0: yes, defending undisputed champion Chris White will be defending his uh Patron Pick'ems Championship for the first time. At WrestleMania. No pressure. You had to win the Royal Rumble. That means you're going to defend it for the first time at WrestleMania. I mean, no big deal or nothing. But if you guys want to get in on that, you just have to be in at the $5 tier. That also means you get access to the show notes every week and the ability to ask listener questions for this very special series that used to be our listener questions, but it was so good and we enjoyed it so much, we broke it out into its own dedicated series called The Patron Mailbag. So enjoy. If you have not checked out all of them, there's 20-plus other episodes with all kinds of fun, random questions that Sir Ian and I have tackled over the last 22, 21 weeks now, all the way back to October when we launched this. So hope you guys have enjoyed it. We absolutely love it. BWO links in the description below. If you're watching here on YouTube, you can find links to all of our stuff. Make sure you're in our discord for elimination chamber tomorrow night and for the upcoming shows all throughout the week for live chats. Make sure you're in Facebook and make sure you're following us everywhere else. And again, BWO for all of those links as well as in the description below right here on YouTube. Mm-hmm. we got a lot of questions today to get through Surrey and yes. Dangerous, so I'm going a little bit fast. Do it. So let's get rolling. Kicking things off with Martin from, from Across the Pond. Yeah. What's your favorite special entrance? D- give one in NXT, one in WWE, and one outside of WWE. Uh, let's do that one first, then we'll do the second question. Okay. Um, uh, by special entrance, do we mean like special event modification to an existing entrance, or... What? What's your take on that
1: question? Mm, I don't What's your know. favorite
0: special entrance I don't rather know. than just
1: entrance? Um, I, I mean, it's hard to beat Rusev coming in on a tank. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one everyone kind of goes for. I was there live for that; and it was amazing. Um, man, I, I think I think everyone listens to the show knows that I'm a huge mark for Aleister Black's entrance when done right, and the one where he actually had the band there live was particularly awesome. Um, let's see. Triple H has had some hilariously over-the-top ridiculous ones that were awesome. Yeah,
0: the, the Terminators at uh, WrestleMania. Oh,
1: God, the Terminators. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Um, the one with all the bikers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard to beat Taker. You know what I mean? As far as like just of all time. The, and, and his entrance gets just longer and more extravagant every single time. I mean, I was reminded about how epic it can be. Ironically enough at super showdown, this very last one where you have AJ standing in the ring looking like, you know, someone just pooped in his Cheerios and undertaker's coming out with this wall of fire behind him, lightning bolts and just huge pyro fog and smoke. And it's just like, you know, it's the coming of a God and it's, it's hard to beat that one. Um, and at this point, all of Undertaker's entrances, when he does one, are special. So it's hard for me to to but so I'm just I'll just off the top of my head, I'll just go with the Alistair Black one and the Undertaker one. Special um mention to Drew McIntyre coming out with the uh the Scottish bagpipes, the actual yeah. um the police. Uh, band that was oh that was good. So if you
0: if you had to do one in NXT, one in WWE, and one outside of WWE, um, for me the one outside of WWE happened this year back in January when Kazuchika Okada came out.
1: Holy crap! And,
0: and did and had the graphics and his hand motions were perfectly timed with uh, the graphics as they came up. That was a, that was I, chills. I, I jizzed. I, I just I, <laughs> oh, I just all over myself. <laughs> that that was that was a production like I, I had never seen before. You're like Randy it Randy was,
1: Moss and uh, or or Randy Marsh in South Park.
0: Right. Oh, like when the, when he finally gets in spooky internet,
1: ghost. Right? It was a spooky yeah.
0: ghost.
1: <laughs> Kazuchika Okada. It wasn't Kazuchika Okada's entrance. It was a spooky ghost.
0: Yeah. Um WWE for me would probably God, I'm I'm just Edge's return is just really at the top of my mind right now still with the with the rumble return.
1: Can you imagine his entrance at WrestleMania this year?
0: Oh, it's That's gonna, gonna, gonna be it's gonna be explosive. Whoa, oh,
1: god. Yeah. I right. just got chills thinking about it.
0: Uh NXT I'm having a little bit of trouble with um cuz they usually do they don't usually go over the top with their entrances what what but probably at probably
1: alistair at takeovers they absolutely do kuska uh uh nakamura coming out with the violin players uh or what about what i know you liked was uh, viking raiders coming out with the full like vi- all the vikings and they come up from the floor the huge long entrance beating the drums no. and everything
0: no i'm going to pick demon Finn.
1: ooh like old school, like which which one though Jack, like, Jack uh, the Ripper uh, Finn, Jack the Ripper Demon, or which well, I
0: mean, f- it's NXT, so it'd be NXT Finn. That's
1: what i No, I mean like which one of those? Because he had like a different one every time. Oh God, I don't remember all of them. One of the reasons that was so cool.
0: I, I was full disclosure. I wasn't even watching NXT at that point. I, I've gone back and watched a few select things, um, but the yeah, just Demon Balor has my heart. Pom, 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 pom. Yeah. Oh, I have,
1: I've got to say, like, the one that sticks in my mind the most is Jack the Ripper Demon, but I think there was another one I liked better. That one seemed a little bit too corny after the fact, but I'm with you, man. Like, NXT Demon Finn was, boah, there was a couple. But then remember, we got to the main roster and he started, they started getting like the Swirling Clouds graphic, which was really cool, too. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go.
0: He also asked, is there one toy that you had as a kid that you'd kill to have now?
1: You know what's funny? I didn't have a lot of wrestling toys as a kid. I was like a Transformers and He-Man kid. I don't
0: think it player. has to be wrestling toy. Oh, He didn't say wrestling toy. I it's just assume toy.
1: we're doing a wrestling show. I just assume. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually have an interesting story about this. Uh, I actually gave away most of my childhood toys. Um, either donated them or gave them away. Um, and anyone that I actually like, wanted to keep, I kept. Like, I've still got some, like, I've got my original Boba Fett figure lying around here somewhere. Um, I I kept all the ones I wanted to keep. So there's not one that I'm missing. But uh, I think the funniest thing was is I was a huge Star Wars brat. And I had a whole bunch of those little, like, Star Wars figures, right? Um, And I had, like, the Darth Vader carrying case. And you could, like, open mm. it up, all the figures were inside. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I found that case with all the figures inside a few years ago. And um, one of my good buddies here in LA is actually uh, shout out to Nathan Hamill, who's uh, who's Mark Hamill's son, and he also is a big toy collector. And so I ended up giving that case of all these old Star Wars toys to Nathan Hamill, and just had this moment where I was like, "This is weird," you know, because as a kid, a big Star Wars fan, like the most iconic moment for me in movies as a kid was Luke walking into Jabba the Hutt's palace dressed all in black missing a hand, and just hardcore after the crap he'd been through in Empire Strikes Back. Like, that was my dude right there. Love me some Han Solo, but Luke walking into Jabba's Palace, not giving a single F was my dude. So to have all of those toys that I had because of that, and give them to Luke Skywalker's kid was just a weird circular thing for me.
0: That's meta as hell. Yeah, it it (laughs) it
1: was weird as hell. But no, to answer his question, I don't like all the toys I had as a kid that I wanted to keep, I kept. So, yeah. no, I don't have one that I would kill for because I've got it still. So, I, ha-
0: <laughs> I, ha- I was really big into G.I. Joes, uh, like a lot of kids were in the 80s. And I had the Cobra Terror Drome, which was the, the, the oh, circular yeah. base. And my stepbrother had the USS Flag. We had both of them. Oh, Jesus. And they, they took up the entire garage. And we would we, we literally put carpet down in the garage so that we could go out there and play GI Joe so we didn't tear up the house. Uh, I'd love to have both of those back. Um, they're worth a small fortune now. Oh, I um, bet. If among collectors, the other thing I'll throw out there is I had a slew of NES game cartridges, including you know all the Mario Brothers. Right. I had the gold. I had the Golden Zelda cartridge. Yep. Oh yeah. Because you bought it or when it first came out, you pre-ordered it or whatever it
1: was. I think they all were sold. Uh,
0: When I in the '90s, when I graduated high school and went off to college, I left my collection of cartridges with my cousin, who was much much younger, who commenced to get into a lot of bad stuff, and basically pawned them off. Oh, I I don't really know what he did with them. I'm assuming they're. I'm assuming
1: he's dead now, at the bottom of uh, cement shoes at the bottom of a river.
0: <laughs> That's a touchy subject. Um, oh. We'll leave that for another therapy oh. show. Ooh. But not he—he had a few, few close calls. Oh boy! Uh, but sorry, yeah, man. who knows? I would—I would love to have all of those. Uh, there were at least a hundred of them cartridges. Wow. Yeah, you know, of, of any NES games because I've still got my my original NES. I've still got it. I've got my NES Advantage controller. Still got it. I had the robot. Don't know where that went. Uh, I've still got my Sega Genesis. Still got all my Playstations. Still got all my Xboxes. I, I, I'm missing all my games though that I had, and I just wish I could have those back.
1: You know, it's funny. Um, it was when you mentioned the uh, the GI Joe ones. It reminded me of some toys that I don't have anymore that I do wish I had. Sectors. Do you remember Sectors? They were like no, was they were a, like
0: I was GI Joe and Micro Machines were so my two things. This was
1: right at the end of my my childhood toy collecting. Uh, Sectors came out. And they were these like tall, really cool articulated toys, like the big G.I. Joe size toys, right?
0: Uh, yeah, okay. That's
1: what made me rem- remember it. Um, really just weird, like a future dystopian, like post apocalyptic world. And they rode around on giant bugs, like giant, gnarly monster dragonflies and spiders. And the toys that you get, you get these big, tall toys, and you could get uh, the bugs you had like a little glove and they would turn into the, the feet of the bugs and the bugs would be on the the big plastic things would be on the back of your hand. They're like little puppets. So you could have your toy right on the back of your hand and fly around with it. And it was, I wish I had that. I broke the shit out of it because I just played with it wow. to the point where it was broken. I, w- I would love to have the sectors back. I even have the, I didn't have the comic books and the comic books were cool as hell. Like that was a really cool story behind them. So if you don't know about the sectors, I think they did like a YouTube video or two. There's a couple of channels that like talk about old toys they talked about like the sectors and all of that. Um, you can still find a lot about them. They were cool as hell. Those toys. So there, that's wow. that's my answer.
0: I had a pretty impressive Micro Machines collection as well.
1: I never got into Micro Machines.
0: I loved cars. I that loved would makes cars. that makes sense. Yeah, redneck kid from North Carolina. We love cars. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Thank you, Martin, for your questions. Really good ones. Enjoyed that one. Uh, next up, Will asks: uh, Let's say, based on what happened at Revolution, that Hangman turns on Kenny down
1: the road. That's next happening. That's next idea.
0: Uh, who in the world would help? Would that help? Just Kenny? The Bucks are already looking like dicks. Hangman is over, but the crowd will be confused if he turns on Kenny, who is not quite as over right now. I just hope that's all another swerve. Uh, I, think, I think Kenny's going to be fine.
1: No, well, I but I, I agree here with Will. I don't. I don't think they're going to have like the young Bucks already look like dicks cool, keep going on that path. Have that Matt Jackson versus Hangman Page feud. Um, And we can kind of understand where Matt's coming from, but they had no problem kind of working heel uh, at the last show and still being faces at the end of it. Like, you've already established that. And Kenny's kind of like the lost in the middle, like, why are mommy and daddy fighting kind of thing, right? right? So to me, it doesn't help Hangman to go heel right now when he's so beloved by the crowd. It wouldn't help Kenny for... Hangman to face him because we want to love Kenny, like like Will says. But Matt's already in that nebulous place. And you can understand yeah. why Matt would be mad at him, but still boo him, but still like him. I think the dynamic is already set up for that. So yeah, I agree with that. So that's that's kind of why I'm seeing that more than I'm seeing Hangman turning on Kenny. Like they'd have to do some work uh if they had him turn on Kenny for it to 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 be a good idea. And I think that's what Will's saying here. So yeah.
0: It, it it's a good point. It's a very solid point. And like your analogy that you made, mom and dad are getting divorced. Who do you want to go live with? Do you do you want to go with? Do you want to go with the young bucks? Or do you want to go with Kenny or, or with Hangman? If you're Kenny, and it, I don't know, I don't. Know. It puts. I feel like it would be more dynamic if it if they did draw this out a little bit longer and continue to show the angst of Kenny. Focus on him trying to make a decision between the two. I just love that. I
1: just I, I love that analogy because it's like. You know, mommy and daddy, right? Let's say the the young bucks are mommy, and she's like, she's just kind of cooler. She's she's a cooler person. You like her more, but you know, you're kind of living with dad. He's got the house and the nice car. You're kind of yep. stuck with dad. With he's kind of cool. Those he belts. hangs
0: out with the. He drinks beer and he hangs not, out with the boys. Really,
1: he's not really that nice to you, but you know, you're you're kind of stuck with yeah. him. And it's not bad being stuck with him. He's got some nice stuff. He's got the video games at the house and everything. Like, yeah, all right, but you know mom's kind of mom's mom (laughs) (laughs) oh man
0: oh that'll be fun to see how all that plays out because i i I, I, i'm pretty sure they've got a plan and i amongst i look aew's hitting on all cylinders right now Uh, and i don't have any skepticism really you know even with the reboot of the women's division that's happening i'm going to give that some time we saw big swole get a win this week Mm -hmm. maybe that's some more infusion of you know and i and i love that it's you know, it's inclusive talent. Let me—I'll say it that in the nicest way I can. Sure. And Cody—Cody uh, Cody
1: has said that you know for all the, all the major angles, they've got about six months planning ahead, so that they—they they, they plan six months ahead on it. So, yep. And it seems to be panning out, frankly.
0: Awesome. Great question, Will. Great, and solid point as mm. well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Brian. I know it's only been one week since the genius decision to have Goldberg beat the Fiend, but. If they really felt compelled to have Goldberg win the title, do you think that it would have been much, been a much better idea if they had Goldberg beat Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt instead of The Fiend? And anything
1: would have been a better idea than what we got.
0: Uh, he says, obviously, I'm against either booking. But in my opinion, if you had Goldberg beat Bray Wyatt and not the Fiend, I would have actually it would have actually made sense. Hashtag logic. and the Fiend would have still been considered unstoppable. So this goes back to one of my points where I've made that they need to keep the two separate. It needs to be a dual personality kind of thing. Sure. Stop saying the Fiend Bray Wyatt and just say the Fiend or Bray Wyatt, and it would it clear would a lot. It would be a lot better.
1: But they, you know, I, I that's not even my big issue here. Um, they, I agree in the sense that they could have done it where Goldberg beat Bray, but then people would have been sitting there going, so wait, Bray intentionally lost to Goldberg but by, by he knew he, he couldn't beat him as Mr. Rogers Bray. So you'd have to have some sort of story development. And this seemed like it was just so hot-shotted that they didn't have time to build anything like that. Um, it, they could have protected Bray way better with this. There was a lot of things yep. they could have done. It was an absolutely bizarre piece of booking. And obviously, right now, they're trying to downplay it and sweep it under the rug. So it was just, I think it felt like, let's just like get it over with and just rip the band aid off and just do it. You know, we've but seen the
0: Fiends survive Seth Rollins and Hell in a Cell. We've seen him survive Daniel
1: Bryan and his elite kicks and all this. Oh, my God. He survived everything, but, but you know, but one shit jackhammer. You
0: know, a couple spears Three. and a shitty jackhammer, and he's, he's down for the count. Uh, I'm just sorry. Was, that's, that's, had it been believable I, I, and I, it had, I, just, I, I still find it hard to process. Look, like I'm going to stick to what I said on the previous show. It, it's a reset button. They never yeah. should have strapped him in the first place. Fine, let's move forward. It is what it is.
1: Like I said on the show after that, uh, it's not that they did it. It was the right decision to do, to, to pivot Goldberg to Roman Reigns, to pivot Bray to That's the right. It was the right thing to do. It was just the wrong way to do it. Same as breaking Asuka's streak by having Charlotte tap her out immediately. There's a lot yep. of ways to do it. That wasn't it. And it's yep. fine to do it. Just do it right. And they didn't do it right.
0: Yep. Thank you, Brian. Good point. Uh, next up, Edward asks uh, Hey, guys, I'm enjoying the show. And Lordy, Lordy, being 40. <laughs> Question is What rivalry in WWE had the best storyline that culminated at WrestleMania? Personal favorite was Steamboat versus Savage at WrestleMania 3.
1: Mm, that is a good one. That is a good one. Uh, man, there's a lot of.
0: God, I'm going to dig in the memory banks for this <sighs> one. Jesus Christ.
1: Um, you know, it's what's what was bet What's the best storyline? But it, it has to have a good payoff, like both, because it's hard. I mean, to, it's hard to top Daniel Bryan at thirty. Yeah. Um, and recency bias. He, but his but question Kofi. was,
0: "What rivalry in WWE had the best storyline?" And mm-hmm. and I've got to say, Daniel Bryan against the Authority against Evolution. That's
1: one of the best of all time. It, it's
0: it's to me, it's the best of all time. There there are plenty of examples of great builds. Uh, Batista, Triple H, Breaking Sean Shawn Taker, want Sean
1: versus Sean Taker. Taker. Uh, um, I'm even going to throw in stuff. Stone Cold and Rock with the um, with like it's the only time you'll ever catch me liking a Limp Biscuit song. Is that is that you know it's what I'm talking about? The video package they put together for for, uh, for Rock Austin, um, like it's that is such a fire video package that makes <laughs> like it is. They show the whole buildup. And then they show them finally breaking down and fighting, and you're like, "Oh God, I want to see them at WrestleMania!" Ah! And the match they had wasn't that great, but my God, the build was so good. It was so good. I liked Limp Biscuit. That's how okay was it, it was. the break
0: stuff song? I will get a chainsaw,
1: skin your ass off. This time I'm gonna roll. let it all hang out. This time I'ma scream and shout. Oh, uh, my, doing way, my way. I that yeah. song's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't believe that just
0: happened. We have done it. I don't know what dimension I'm in, but Surrey and Dangerous admitted he liked a limp biscuit song. He just sang gentlemen.
1: "Limp Biscuit" on the show. <sighs> wow! And we both knew the track name. <laughs> that's how good it was. That's how. That's my point. Is that's how good that feud was. That build to WrestleMania. That we still remember the song and we still like. Like that's a that's a positive memory. That's how good that feud was. Building to WrestleMania. That still
0: doesn't. That still doesn't top the four to six month build of Daniel Bryan to occupy raw that listing off that good ones yeah um yeah. steamboat versus savage i honestly don't have much memory of I, I need to go back and watch a lot of that stuff
1: it's funny um, i yeah i don't i don't i didn't live through it but in hindsight the uh andre hogan build was really good because that's that's like yeah how's that that's that's a built it built an iconic moment in a mediocre match yeah good you know. point
0: Good point. Thank you very much, Edward. Next up, Jardy DeWanamaker uh, asks, Hi, guys. I don't know if this has been asked before, but what is your guys' favorite wrestling video game of all time? Mine is SmackDown Shut Your Mouth. You know what's funny is I didn't play a lot of wrestling video games. I think I played 2K16. Was that the Cena one? I think that was
1: um, the one.
0: And then that, and I, played, I got 2K18. And got frustrated with that really quickly when the universe mode stuff was pretty lacking. Uh, I will say this: we started building the BWO universe last night on Twitch with a with a handful of you. The customization is incredible.
1: Like, yeah, I have the one good thing about graphics. the damn game.
0: Yeah, I mean, just well, you can build your own arenas, you can build your own title belts, you can build your own superstars, your own graphics. All of this stuff is all possible. So we're gonna have a lot of fun with that over the course of the next year, building out this entire BWO promotion in WWE 2K20. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe. Twitch.tv slash Busted Wide Open, by the way. One uh, more thing we got to promote. I,
1: I'm going to say mine is probably No Mercy 2000. Um, what came around the whatever. It was No, no Mercy that came around to that around that time. That's the one I played the yeah. most of. But if I really like of all time, it's got to be uh, NES Pro Wrestling from the original NES system. You play a little shark guy. You can come in and like chew on people's faces as the shark. That was like a special move.
0: Oh, God. I never played that.
1: I played that's all I played was the Shark Guy. I dominated that game as the Shark Shark Boy.
0: I was a super nerd and was into RPGs and all that. I'm I'm sitting here playing with a twenty sided die for the record. So I'm I'm super nerd. I love tabletop stuff. I love uh, anything that's RPG based. So I really got into. You know, the EverQuest and World of Warcrafts and Those RuneScape and they're not wrestling games.
1: <laughs> I am too, dude. I'd rather play a lot of other games than wrestling games, but I played the rest of the ones we played.
0: Right? Yeah. That. Right now, 2K20 is all right.
1: Oh, oh they, my God.
0: That's the hottest take they, you've had. They patched it and fixed it. It's like I got no glitches Yeah. last night in, in four hours of gameplay. All right.
1: Hey! Uh, shout two, out in, two
0: hours the night prior.
1: Uh, Marshall Enlo in the chat. WCW versus NWO World Tour. Awesome game. Yeah,
0: I heard that one gotta, was really good. It too.
1: was good. It was good.
0: Uh, fun go. fact: that's the one system
1: I don't have. N sixty four? Really?
0: I don't have any. I never. I went straight from NES to or Super NES to uh, P- PlayStation. Oh, you were a PlayStation I jumped, kid. I, I jumped ship.
1: Yeah, I, I. just. I was always saying cartridges are better because they take so long to load from CDs. Cartridges are immediate. I played the crap out of my N sixty four. Anyway, yeah, and I and I never rest. got the
0: weird joystick thing. Like oh, I always like the D-pad, dude. I used to. I
1: still used to, to play. This,
0: still to this day, I'm playing my DS.
1: I used to play no, Wave Race with one hand, a beer in one hand, and and Wave Race <laughs> one hand I could get around any course. I used to be a Wave Race God back in the day. Yeah. Anyway,
0: <laughs> good question, rest. Jardy. Thank you, all oh. the way uh, from uh, Belgium, I believe you. Yeah, oh, damn Jardy
1: right. Is. Hell yeah. Uh,
0: awesome. Also across the pond. Thank you uh, for your patronage as well. Uh, next up, Kyle asks, "I've felt this way for a while." but I think everything since Super Showdown has shown that WWE main roster shows needs a general manager again. Because it's clear neither show knows how to present itself without one from the sudden now-or-never tag title match, the announcement of the SmackDown Chamber match being changed. Uh, With that being said, if you were to reintroduce the GM concept, who would it be for each show? Personally on SmackDown, I would have Drew Gulak as the GM doing pretty much what he's doing now with a Make Showdown Make SmackDown great again gimmick.
1: I'm not mad at that at all. Yep,
0: I'm not. And on Raw, (laughs) since it's not as necessary, but just to have a presence similar to William Regal, bring in JBL for Raw, allowing him to do his charity work while still being in the role.
1: The less JBL on my TV, the happier I am. Frankly, I'm not. I'm not mad at the the basic concept, but not JBL. Um, not a big fan of his. But uh, the I like the Drew Gulak. I love that. Um. Here's the thing, though. We always say we want what we don't have, and we have a general manager on the show. We're like, man, I liked it better when you know they could just book stuff, but then they don't book stuff uh, to make sense, and we're like, we we'll, like GM on the show to make it make sense, and it just goes back and forth. We, it's you know, it's always Kurt that.
0: Angle. Kurt Angle returns, and we're all like, oh my God, Kurt Angle's but back, and he's he gonna that? be a general. Ma- Hang on, was- Kurt Angle's back, and he's gonna be a general manager, and then what do they end up doing? Kind of some sideshow Ronda Rousey thing and Jason Jordan's angle with his son. And I'm like, just of all the things you could have done with Kurt Angle. yeah, Kurt freaking Angle.
1: Mick Foley came back as commissioner. I was just like, hell yes. Remembering his run as commissioner with Edge and Christian back in the day. And it was, which was amazing. He was always like, his office was always like hiding out in the back somewhere. all you know, the little like props and everything. It was always hilarious. And in this this the last time Mick was the 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 GM or the commissioner whatever he was terrible just getting yep. beaten up by Stephanie every week. Um so
0: I, I I wouldn't mind seeing Stone Cold have a go even if uh, as general manager on raw. Just <sighs> I don't know I think somebody. I think
1: that would kill his mystique a little bit frankly. Um I here's 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 what I was here's my real point about this is um I don't think they need to have a general manager. They just need to book logically, hashtag WWLogic. And they can't do that because old man McMahon changed his crap at the last freaking second. So how do you, you know, like you said, with the now or never tag match, how do you make that make sense? Well, one way is to get a general manager out there to just arbitrarily be like, well, remember the remember the, the, uh, the anonymous general manager, Michael Cole, reading off of a goddamn computer? That was just a way to get stuff booked and just have like, oh, well, yeah, this is just, it's just going to happen. Okay, why? Well, the anonymous general, general manager said so. Who's the anonymous general manager? We don't know. Um, Hornswoggle, I guess. We don't know who it really is. Never really explained it. Stupid angle. It was another th- like thing they just did just to explain their crazy booking. How about we don't need a general damn manager? Or if you do, it's like real NXT where he's just a presence who's there, but he's not always on there. He's just you know he's there, but he doesn't ever really do a whole lot, yeah. right? Unless um, he
0: has to. And right. it's special when he does.
1: Exactly. Like I, I yep. love the Drew Gulak make SmackDown great again. That's funny. That's yep. funny. I love that idea. Um, Open
0: up SmackDown with him giving a PowerPoint presentation to uh, training sessions and things sure. to some of the undercard uh, backstage. But my, yep. point is you don't,
1: my point is you don't need a general manager. Yep. You yep. just need to have things make sense. That's all.
0: Um, I, I liked the Constable Corbin stuff, but they didn't take it far enough. You know, uh, I, it grew on me really fast.
1: And then died on you really but, fast. Too. <laughs> and then, it,
0: then I was just over it. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, they, and they they took it out to the middle of the ring and summarily executed it right in front of all of us and let us know exactly what they think about it. So, whatever.
1: Man, you know, you, you and I... You I I'm and with I, you.
0: I don't, I don't want GMs.
1: You and I always call back, like, we call back to this damn show all the time, but it's because we were both in love with it. Lucha Underground, man. Was there anything better than Dario Cueto? No. Oh, my God. The, one of, the, I mean... They called out Johnny Ace in the chat. Marshall called out Johnny Ace. Good call, but that was, that was funny. Um, and I also I have a soft spot for Teddy Long going one-on-one uh, with uh, the Undertaker. But yeah. come on. Dario Cueto was amazing. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Thank you very much, Kyle. Uh, next up, Brandon asks, up, pod gods? We're not gods.
1: <laughs> well, Thank you, though. Not the god, I don't think.
0: No, no. Uh, with Cody and Jack Gallagher's new tattoos, I was wondering, do you guys have any favorite and least favorite tattoos on wrestlers, and why?
1: Not either of those.
0: <laughs> no? <laughs> um, see, nothing's popping to mind. I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Randy Orton's skull sleeves. Like, I, I've, I've envisioned doing something similar for myself, because I've got kind of half sleeves going on. And I love, like, if you look really close at his tattoos, there's, like, really faded... It's like a, almost like the Terminator movies where you see him walking through the, the skulls. It's almost like a, his old arm underneath. And it's, there's some depth to it. You can see the skulls that are at the bottom. And there's, like, stuff wrapped around everything. That's one that I really have always appreciated. I, you know, I'm a kid of the night. I'm a teenager of the 90s, too. I got a bunch of tribal shit like Batista and Randy, but, you know... <laughs>
1: It is uh, what it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, it's funny because I never really think too much about wrestlers' tattoos unless they're really, like, really bad, like Cody's and Jack Gallagher's. Um, <laughs> it's obtrusive, like, like Kevin Owens' his weird little Brahma bull that he had that was just not good. He's now since got it covered up. Yeah. Um,
0: got a giant dinosaur skeleton
1: I, which I think left. is uh, hilarious, because I think that's a nod to Vince McMahon's T-Rex skull that he has on his office wall. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but if it is, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of who ta- whose tattoos really stand out to me. I, I like Ricochet's Be Fearless on his, on his chest. I always thought that was classy. And I thought the same thing about I like, Cody's, I like
0: Cody's dream. Cody's dream.
1: Yeah. You know, I always thought that was classy.
0: Shout out to the Pops, you know?
1: Um, and it, but, yeah, but subtle and, like, meant a lot more. Like, I, I dug that. Uh, I like what Rock's done with his shoulder, um, like, the big Polynesian tattoo. I like Roman Reigns' yep. tattoo. Roman Reigns yep. has some great-looking tattoos. Like, those are, those are fantastic how that's, how that's uh, played out. Uh, those, Uso's, those tattoos Uso's have too. so
0: much meaning, by the way. Uh, yeah. Fam, their family heritage and stuff. It's, uh, what do you call them, the crests? Like uh, the Scots have the, uh, the, the shields. The yeah, oh,
1: I got my crest right here on my chest. So, yeah.
0: so th- it's a similar thing. Th- if you look, there's an entire story to Rock's entire tattoo. Yeah. It's, it's about where he's from, his family, all of that stuff. And the whole design of everything tells a story. That's what's, that's what's amazing about some of those tribal and Polynesian tattoos is that there's a lot of story behind a lot of them. Not mine,
1: but. Uh, you know who had the worst tattoos of all time? Lord Tensai. Uh, Cody right Lord, now. Lord Tensai.
0: Okay.
1: I, I don't we, remember what those for were. anyone who gets that joke. I'll just leave it out. All right, all right. Uh,
0: he also asked uh, what, in general, wrestling grinds your gears. From the other pod gods at going in RAW, they hate the what chance. Same. Me personally, I hate when people complain about Jericho being champ and put that complaint in the same sentence as Goldberg being Universal Champion, as if it's completely different because Jericho is not a part timer. Hmm. What in general grinds my gears? You know, I, I, I lose sleep at night at the potential at how good WWE could be. Ooh. Like it like it, like it, how good it could be, right. the potential that it has, the roster that it has, and it could very easily be back up in the four to six million you know view ratings kind of mark, territory. It's never going to, though. They've spread the butter too thin on the toast. It's way too spread out. There's too many people. There's too many mouths to feed. That was one. Of, if you go back and look at the attitude there, there were so few people compared to there are today that they were all given like time to develop stories and things like that. And like you had these massive lightning in a bottle kind of superstars that just took over. And even Vince has said, you know, we've heard from Vince, kind of like, what do you got for Rock? What do you got for Stone Cold? And that's all he cared about. Like he has to care about so much now, and or at least the creative division does. He should, but he doesn't. Right, and that just really winds me up sometimes. And I just I find myself just introspectively going, God, it could be so good every week. Mm -hmm. It could be one of the best things on television every week. Why is it not? That's what grinds my gears.
1: That's that's a really good one, man. That's a that's a. That's a bigger picture one, um, you know, like the specific thing, like the watch. I can't stand damn one chance either. That that makes me so pissed. Um, like you're
0: only when Stone Cold's
1: doing. Active, right? You're actively trying to undercut the product at this point. what the performance, the show. You know what I mean? Um, it's like it, it makes me nuts. Um, but and this is I'm just gonna pick something arbitrary because there's a lot of stuff that grinds my gears. But just the first thing that came to my mind. Is just the way that WWE sometimes just doesn't seem to care about presentation, um, and it's it's not just WWE. It's a lot of it's a, it happens all over the place. But I, I tend to see it more in WWE. This kind of um, main roster, I should say, where they yeah. don't they don't care as much about um, entrances, how it's perceived, how it comes across, and so I'll just focus in on entrances right now just because I'll just, I'll just pick on that right now because that's one thing that grinds my gears. Uh, and you've heard me say this a lot. I get wound up over entrances a lot, specifically Alistair Black's, but also everybody's, um, where it, it's like you don't have to do much to make something cool or to present someone in a cool way. And if you're someone, like if you think about it as someone who doesn't watch wrestling normally, and you come in and you watch and you've got kind of a half-assed entrance and people walk out and the music is fading back and forth between two songs and it doesn't really go and it's jarring and they don't really take the care of the lights um, or Alistair's rising you know, up and they don't really have them covered with fog and there's fake little candles there. That makes your whole show look like crap. It doesn't make, yeah. just make the, the performer look like crap. It makes your whole show look like crap. And having just one or two people with great entrances is fine when you just watch those people. Like Seth comes in and he's got the big graphic, he's got the pyro and he's got the burn it down and everything's timed up and it's great. But then you turn around and you have Ricochet come out and there's a kapwing, his lasers are gone and he's kind of stands there for a little bit and does like a little superhero pose and I'm going to the ring. You know, that's, that, is, that kills his perception. Um, and I'm very big on drama and theater and I, when they don't make the easy decisions, like the simple fixes to make something effective theatrically, it makes me nuts. It makes me you nuts. You can have
0: steam coming out for Becky Lynch at hundred miles an hour from two different directions, but you can't fill that ramp with smoke for Alistair coming out to cover up a lot of the stage and make it look like he's coming up out of smoke. You can do it, you,
1: they could do it for Finn. They could do it for Taker, but yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. That's that makes me nuts, and I think it plays into a little bit what you were saying too. Where, yeah. how good could they be? They've got all the resources. They've got all the talent. Why are you cutting corners and just being lazy? So there you go. Yeah.
0: Um. There were a couple in the chat I wanted to call attention to. J- JB said, uh, "Ill-fitting ring gear."
1: Of course, she hates that. <laughs>
0: Agreed. And I specifically want to call Marshalls out. Tag teams coming out one by one. Yeah. With separate entrances. That's pretty yes. much. That's part of what I was just
1: saying. Like, why have Look, like so?
0: They did something. They did something last night that I haven't seen them do in an age. But they uh, had Dolph Ziggler and Robert Rude come out to Ziggler's theme. And I was like, that with one theme. And I, I think somebody said it. in Marshall, it might have been you. Somebody said, this is a very New Japan kind of thing to do. And I was like, exactly right.
1: Well, and also they're trying to underline. Whoever the
0: bigger star is, they're, they're coming out first with their theme and the others trailing behind them.
1: But they're also underlining it's Dolph Ziggler. And that was the whole point was Dolph right. and Otis is the bigger picture here. So it was for more than one reason. It was thought out. I felt very bad for Robert Roode. Yeah. But at the same time, like, yeah, I, I get the other arguments for it. But I yeah, I can't stand it. Like ultimately they made it work with the bar where they turned it into a hybrid entrance of sorts. Um but for the most part, yeah, if you one person comes out with their music, other person comes out with their music. Or worse yet, you've got both of them coming out and they just fade back and forth between the two different goddamn songs. That makes me nuts. I have the new
0: Kabuki Warriors theme on one of my Spotify playlists. I I listen to it when I'm not watching wrestling. It's that good. Goddamn if they had just done that
1: well initially we know why they didn't they're having trouble with their music right now because you know they, they don't
0: well, cfos th- bailed out or something i can't that. yeah
1: and they've got they've got like a whole uh issue with the rights of the songs right now so they can't get them remixed yeah. and everything so they don't really have anyone writing them for them right now so i i
0: again could be so much better you have infinite resources there's no excuse i'm sorry i'm not that's a cop-out
1: right why can't you get someone to write your songs
0: you there, go to Fiverr. How many you know. Billions find, of find some, There are mixers and masters on Fiverr for $35. Yeah. There's no excuse. I've I'm heard
1: fan made themes that are. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. We digress.
0: Yep. Thank you very much, Brandon. Uh, we are not gods. Uh, I guess I mean, uh, if someone okay. asks you if you're a
1: god, you, you say, say yes. yes. You say yes. Come on.
0: What Ray. did you do, Ray? Come on, Ray. <laughs> uh, next up <laughs> the shortest but the most. Complex question of all of them. Jacob asks, uh, what is your favorite match from your favorite wrestler? <laughs> Why are you making me pick between my children? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Jacob. Oh, you, oh man. Oh, favorite match. Well, I got to figure out my favorite wrestler first. Right? And then I got to pick the, the best match with them. I mean, that, that basically, basically, this question is, what's your favorite match? And that happens to have your favorite wrestler, in it, right?
0: It's probably the three stages of hell: Stone Cold, Triple H.
1: That's a really good one. I do really like that. I I love that's, The Rock. I, cons- I consider
0: him to be my favorite wrestler, but not because of his in-ring ability. <laughs> so when you when you put the two like favorite match from your favorite wrestler, uh, it's it's not really my favorite. He doesn't have any of my favorite matches. And that's a hard thing to admit. That's crazy. But it's it's
1: true. But well, what's your favorite rock match then? If he's your favorite know. wrestler, what's your favorite know. what's your favorite rock match? I don't know. Rockstone Cold?
0: Rockstone Cold, probably. Yeah. And and, and the build and the back and forth. Because that, that was the beer truck and that was the everything. That whole build, corporate rock, and all that stuff, right? That was that was all that was everything hitting on all cylinders all at one time. And that was the that was the panacea, Rockstone Cold. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, you put a gun to my head and cock the trigger and make me pick somebody. I, I guess I'd say Mankind McFoley, as um, the favorite wrestler. I guess, although I, I again would say something completely different tomorrow. Um, and man, favorite match from him, I think has got to be the one uh, when he won the title on Raw. Yeah. January fourth, I think it was ninety nine. Um, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite match. Even though, like you know, he couldn't just win it clean. Stone Cold had to come out and win it for him. But just that moment when he won, and they're carrying him around on his shoulders, on their shoulders, like that was just such a. And he's had better matches. So it's so many better matches, but that one yeah. just sticks out for whatever reason. Um, obviously, so many good matches, but. I'll just say that. I'll just say that to be easy.
0: There you go. Well, Thank you, Jacob. Those are all. You man. always ask some some awesome questions yeah. like that.
1: ears are bleeding after that one. I had to think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> brain's just mush. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Esme Standenbear. Hello, Podfathers. Hello. Hello. I'd like to share a theory. After Jericho leaves... I love theories. After Jericho leaves on his Fozzie tour, I think Santana will be the temporary leader of Inner Circle. Under his management, Inner Circle will become stronger than before. Dominants start winning matches consecutively. Then Jericho comes back and immediately is expected to lead again. Santana begrudgingly passes the reins back over because he's a good soldier. Then Inner Circle starts taking L's again. This creates friction, which will lead to Santana-Jericho feud, which will lead to Santana turning face. What are your thoughts?
1: Esme booking.
0: Esme booking in the house. I I hashtag Esme booking, and I gotta say, not bad at it.
1: But what does Ortiz do then? What you gonna do with Ortiz? You leaving Ortiz out in the cold here, Esme? You're leaving Ortiz and his amazing selling out in the cold. Poor Ortiz. And his sock, his loaded sock. His loaded- <laughs> Homie, don't play that.
0: We we were making some jokes during aw aw uh, aew uh, this past Wednesday in the in the Discord chat. And I was trying to remember, I was asking our, uh, our we have a, a few folks from Puerto Rico. There is a, there's, you know, a legendary thing that Puerto Rican mothers will use or grandmothers, and it's where they'll hit you with a flip-flop. They'll the use chunclas. A flip-flop as a, yeah. The, yeah. the chunclas, yeah. Chunclas. The chunkless. yeah. So I was like, it, how funny would it be? You know Ortiz comes out with the feet, the socks, shoes, feet, feet, shoes, whatever they are. What? But what, what if he had a, a chunkla, and instead of a loaded sock, he would, he would Isn't like to a chunkla? I know, but like, it's, come it's on. A, I don't know. I thought it would tie into the Puerto Rican thing. It'd be funny. I actually,
1: I, I actually made a cocktail for my bar downtown called Las Chancas de Mama.
0: It was, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even kidding you. Uh, Cause it, it's <laughs> Marshall Marshall in the chat said Ortiz is definitely the Tongaloa Loa of the group. He
1: kind of is, but like he's, <laughs> yeah, he's he entertaining, but he's, you know, he's not, he's not yeah. the, the alpha dog. Um, but that's okay. i will more Chase Owens,
0: but okay. I see your point. <laughs>
1: Oh, no, he's not that chase. Oh, God. I don't even know what he would be from the. looking at any. All right. I don't want to get get on that road. it will be there forever. Um, let's talk about Esme's Esme booking here. Yep. Um, well, okay. So I know that Esme just found out. She didn't know before this because um, she was in the chat. And when we brought up the fact that Jericho had taken off all the Wednesdays from the Fozzie tour, she was like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was genuinely leaving. So I know that when she wrote this. She didn't know that Jericho was going to try and make it to all the shows. So right. let's assume for the, for the sake of argument that, that, that he, he isn't going to make the shows. Um, even then, I feel like it's too early to have rifts appear in the inner circle unless you've got someone waiting to take the place. Santana yeah. and Ortiz are the tag team. If you break Santana off from the group, you're also breaking him off from the tag team, or you're breaking off both Santana and Ortiz from inner circle. And that leaves a big hole there, which you would have to fill. Um, So that's why I think this wouldn't actually work now. Could this work in a year when inner circle has done a lot more? Yeah. I would love to see Santana get a face run. I think the dude absolutely has a face run in him. Um, And I think that's probably where... That's the basis for this question from Esme is seeing that in him. And I completely agree with her. I think Santana absolutely, between his promo ability, his in-ring ability, could absolutely have a great face run. Now is not the time. Nor is Agreed. a couple of months from now. Let, let the inner circle play out longer and then down the road. We got time. He's got time. Bring it up later. Yep. That, that's, that's I'd, like
0: to, I'd like to see them have some tag title reigns in there somewhere. Let's, there's plenty to do Uh, and, and yeah, not to beat this dead horse to, uh, we know this isn't going to be the case now. So, I mean, it's exactly. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Esme. But, but I like the, I like the basis of the thought is what I'm saying. I I do too. Yeah. Uh,
0: like, but like you said, a year from now, let's, let's let it play out. Mm -hmm. Let's not be in. Listen, we complain about short-term and lack of long-term storytelling in WWE all the time. Let's not try to wish that. Keep it in your pants. AEW. Yes. Keep
1: Santana in your pants, AEW. Oh man. Hey now. Hey now.
0: Thank you very much, Esme. Next up, Sean. Thanks for the weekly content, guys. It's a lot of work and effort, and just know it's greatly appreciated.
1: We appreciate your appreciation, sir. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Sean. Uh, innovator of the moment of positivity, yep. Yep. folks. Mop. Right there. Mop man. Mop. Jake the Snake knocked it out of the park on Wednesday, and that's how you use legends in wrestling. Not burying good young talent. Sorry, felt a rant coming on. Yup. A couldn't agree
1: more. That, preach. That was basically what most of the last show we just did was about.
0: That's what Tully's been doing with Sean. It's what Arn's been doing with Cody. Just use them to prop DDP.
1: up. DDP's been doing DDP with MJF. Well. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Who would you guys like to see you similarly, sim- similarly, Sasha Banks, either manager or maybe authority figure-ish on AEW?
1: Hmm. I do Who's? think
0: they kind of need an authority figure over there because Who's? I actually thought one of the... So let me get this out real quick. Yeah. I thought, I thought Cody, when he made that proclamation that he would never challenge for the title again if he couldn't beat Jericho, that was going to be him stepping out of in-ring performance and being more of an executive. And it, just, it hasn't played out that way at all. And especially now that he's lost to MJF and now we've got Jake the Snake showing up. Does he have one more little run in him? And when does he become... The executive. When does he right. become the commissioner? The the book the the person in charge? Because we we haven't really seen that Cody yet. And frankly, Kenny and Young Bucks have the exact same positions. They're all EVPs in the in the company. They have equal share in the company. So I, I don't know who would you like to see used uh, similarly, either manager or authority figure ish on AEW. I I'd, I'd like to see Cody do that.
1: J- Cody himself.
0: Yes, I'd like to see him you know, make that the priority and maybe every now and then a couple times a year he has an authority level kind of feud with someone, has a match at a big pay-per-view, fine. I'd I'd like to see him stop, and I don't know know what his plans are or anything, but there's part of me that wants to see him be that sort of authority figure.
1: Is Jack Tunney still alive? I'm kidding. (laughs) What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I, but I'm, I'm curious if Jack Tunney's still alive. Uh, no, he died in 2004. Never mind. Jack Tunney not available. Uh, I, I All kidding aside, um, I'm trying to think of who's out there um, like a Jake the Snake, like a Tully, like a wrestler of yesteryear who can still get in there like an Arn, like a DDP, who can get in there and still talk, still... Pro, you know, project that authority, and who isn't beholden at this point to WWE because so many of them are now in the pocket or not wanting to get on the bad side of WWE. You know, Arn Arn left on bad terms. He's pissed at WWE right now. Uh, rightfully were, so. Rightfully so. They, uh, you know, they weren't really using Jake, and they wanted to wash their hands of him. Um, they screwed over DDP when he came over majorly, uh, so I know he's got no reason to be loyal to them. Uh, but I'm trying to think of who else there is. You know, like a like a, a Barry Wyndham is still out there, that kind of thing. Um, who else would be good? Um, and I, I have got to admit, I'm kind of stumped because there is so much wrestling out there. There's so much going on. I'm trying to think who is out there on the circuit right now, who's not in WWE's pocket, who could come in and be a cool authority figure? Someone who could who could talk and who can be intimidating. And you've got some people that are doing stuff like in, you know, Ring of Honor or Impact. Um, that I suppose they could theoretically poach. Um, you know, Shamrock or maybe I don't know. Um, Bully Ray could be interesting. Oh God, no! Don't let him anywhere near AEW. After everything he did with Ring of Honor, God no, keep him away. I, agreed. agreed. Steal, he stole the but, he stole the name of our show. You know what I mean? Like, well, just, that wasn't him. That was. <laughs> come on, I'm trying to man. D word. I'm, I'm trying to create heat. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not not bully Ray. Um, but yeah, someone like that.
0: Uh, I I'm, the, So maybe not him exactly, but uh, the the thing that drew me to hit to saying that was big personality, loud mouth.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, what I'm shoots saying. From
0: the, shoots from the hip kind of thing. Feels authoritative.
1: Yeah. Yes. Feels feels yes. feels authoritative. Feel uh, has is good on the mic. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm just coming up blank right now. Yeah.
0: Anybody that's not already engaged, like Regal, brilliant. He's already engaged. He's not coming over. Um. Shamrock.
1: Uh, mm. Shamrock. Not not so much on the mic. Maybe he still can kind of cut a promo, but not not what you need. Not what not what we're thinking of. I think.
0: No. No. Um, I want some high, high energy, you know, gut shot decisions. Oh, you want to do that? Well, fine. You're going to be in a match with this and there why, bro. Why, I just need that breakdown? We need that energy. That's that's what I think Cody could do something good with that. Yeah, that's why I keep I'm just, going back to Cody.
1: I'm coming up on a blank of of who's still available, who I think you know could pull yeah. that off. Yeah. So.
0: Not sure, Sean. Not sure. Let us know. Uh, let us know in the group what something, you guys think. Something
1: I've, I'm going to have to ponder because that's a that's a great question. And honestly, Jake the Snake showing up completely blindsided me, surprised me, shocked me. All of us. Uh, and I think that it would be someone like that where they'd come out of left field and be like, "What? What?" You know, Tully Blanchard going there was a shock to me. Yeah. You know. So I think that that would be the case with uh, they could if they could find somebody it probably would shock me it'd probably be something something i'd be like oh i hadn't even thought about uh, oh of course why not so and so you know yeah
0: thank you very much sean that's a good question post that one in the group and let's um let's continue talking let's, about those job about it. I'd, love, yeah. I'd love to hear everybody's perspectives on that sure uh next up josh asks, what are some of the most overrated matches in history you can think of Again, like Jacob, I'm just going to uh...
1: I've got a couple of these, because w- this is something I was actually thinking about fairly recently, about, like, okay. just matches that everyone always praises, and I just kind of never got it, or recently have, like, looked at in a new light. And the one that comes to my mind the most is with all of the Iron Man matches we've had recently, I've really realized how not great Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels' WrestleMania 12 60-minute Iron Man match was. It was half an hour of goddamn rest holds, a little bit of wrestling, and then a dumb finish where they go to overtime for some reason, and you know because not not, no one can score a pinfall. Um, yeah, I mean you know it's you look you compare it with the, the going bell to bell between Okada and Omega and how much they packed into that time. How much story, like the exhaustion, everything, all the stories they told, as opposed to just hanging out on the floor for half the match, which Sean and Brett did. Um, definitely a trailblazing match, but I don't think it holds up, and I think it's overrated at this point. I think people need. To, I think people need, need to reassess that one. Um, that's one off the top of my head. Uh, an obvious one that people have, t- have turned around on and said like it's more about the event and the moment than the match itself. Uh, Hogan-Andre at WrestleMania 3. The match itself is garbage.
0: It was. Uh, the finish was massive, but... You know.
1: uh, I'll also throw Rock Hogan at WrestleMania 18. Not a great match. Brilliantly worked by both guys. Uh, brilliant of Hogan, that son of a bitch, to get himself over in the middle of that match, but not by any stretch of technical mas- masterpiece or like a good match. Uh, I think that one's overrated. Um, anything Ultimate Warrior... I think Ultimate Warrior is the most overrated wrestler in the history of wrestling, and anything with him. Hogan and Warrior at WrestleMania VI. Uh Anything with Warrior. Garbage.
0: The one that's come into mind in, in recent memory is the stuff that we were super hyped about between AJ and Nakamura.
1: Oh, God.
0: And, and, and how it turned into dick punches. But with that... We, 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 went, we went nuts on this show because we were so hyped about those two finally getting together in a proper feud... With, with Shin's heel turn. I, I would, And it just never went anywhere. That
1: would be my answer if, if, if someone said, what are some of the most underwhelming matches of all time? Because, sure. you know what I mean? Because those are yeah. more un- underwhelming than overrated. Was
0: we- it more overhyped? Overhyped, maybe. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. But, but with, with good reason. You know what I mean? Like We still didn't know what Nakamura was going to be in WWE. We didn't know he was going to take it easy. We thought he and AJ would bring out the best in each other. And so for some reason, it devolved into dick punches for six months. I mean, in hindsight, underwhelming, overhyped, sad, but maybe not overrated because I think everyone hated it. (laughs) Even while it was happening, we were like, I I was trying to
0: do some older stuff and, but I just, I'm having trouble with my memory banks right now, but that's the one that just kept creeping up in my head was how disappointed I was, uh, in the delivery of what should have been one of the all time great feuds.
1: Any hell in a cell that people like that doesn't have any blood in it is overrated.
0: (laughs) Fair, fair. Right there. Thank you, Josh. Good question. Uh, next up, Billy asks, I'm in need. Obviously, I am fully behind Roman Reigns beating Goldberg and cementing his spot as the top guy in WWE.
1: Mm-hmm. Only- Fair enough. Absolutely.
0: If one of you could defend this happening and the other convince me it's a horrible idea, my mind <laughs> won't change. But I'm curious how you would defend each decision. To me, he is the here and now. Not a nostalgia act, not an up-and-comer, and not a bona fide star, and he needs to be strapped for the long run. Shit or get off the pot, Vince, it's time. Mm. Okay. Solid, well, solid argu- solid argument. You know.
1: Um, wait. One of us defend Roman Reigns becoming the top guy, beating Goldberg. One,
0: if one of, of us you could defend Roman Reigns winning, and the other convince me it's a horrible idea.
1: I'll take. Okay, I'm really good at being the devil's advocate, which is one of the most annoying things about me, or so I've heard. Yeah. So why don't you? Ta- <laughs> you said that. Wait. Did straight. that come out? I'm sorry. <laughs> you son of a bitch
0: but, uh, but the truth is he's normally right
1: uh, well so fair fair dude. Uh, <laughs> i'll play devil's advocate here and i'll defend goldberg beating roman reigns at wrestlemania you okay. start and tell me why roman reigns should win
0: uh it's mostly what billy has said here uh we've we've been down this path before it was it was a little bit of girl interrupted in a sense with reigns out of nowhere having not the never mind. It was a little bit of interruptus <laughs> with his leukemia bout that he had to deal with yes. uh last year. Coitus, so, coitus
1: interruptus. Not girl interruptus? Coitus, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no.
0: Okay. Uh at the end of the day, it's time. We're either gonna we're either gonna go on this journey and it's gonna fail miserably, but let's all climb on the Titanic and hope it doesn't sink. I, I you know what I mean? We we've been on this journey for five years with Roman Reigns. So let's give the man a chance. Let's see if he can be the man. Like Seth Rollins has proven he could be the man. John Cena has proven he could be the man. Can Roman Reigns do it? I don't know. He hadn't had a real legit shot just yet. He's had the title for a minute, and then he had to let it go. Let's see if he can actually do it.
1: Here's why he shouldn't. Here's why Bill Goldberg should we should win, should beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Because Roman Reigns is not safe as the top guy. At any point, your top guy could get leukemia and be out permanently. And you've wasted all of this on that guy. Meanwhile, Goldberg is obviously still viable as a draw. People still want to see Goldberg. They're positioning him here because he still equals money. So if you have him beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, it solidifies that Goldberg is legitimate after having him be beaten by Brock at WrestleMania, this gets Goldberg his heat back. This gets him back in the big picture. And then, once he's taken that heat off of Roman Reigns, who should now be a secondary or tertiary guy because he's not reliable as a main event guy anymore because he could get sick, he could still be sick, you could make him sick, you then use that heat on Goldberg, you use that equity you've now put on Goldberg to have somebody else come along and say, for instance, Claymore Goldberg out of the ring, and take all of that equity onto his shoulders, his big, broad Scottish shoulders, and run with it and be your true main event guy. How about that for Devil's Advocate?
0: What are you going to do with Brock
1: Lesnar then? Have him just murder somebody else that doesn't matter? You can still have him be in the picture somewhere. I don't know. There's, there's two titles, for God's sake. Man, I'm tr- Come on, dude. I barely pulled that off. Don't try to cut my legs out from underneath me.
0: No, that, that was a good point. You know, it's. <laughs> I'm it's-
1: saying down the road, you have to have. Uh, you know, whoever this might be, whoever this guy you might have as the man be, beat Brock Lesnar this year at WrestleMania, be the champ, and then could possibly unify the belts by beating Goldberg, who just beaten Roman Reigns and who had all that equity on him. Really create a superstar. Super monster.
0: The mob has shown Vince that they do not want Roman Reigns to be
1: the man. Well, until the and, whole leukemia thing, and now they've come around on him quite a bit.
0: Yeah, but we're getting really quick back to Roman getting shoved down our throats.
1: Wait, wait. Who's so, arguing which point now? We're switching positions here. I,
0: I understand. I'm, I'm just—we've <laughs> made our arguments to Billy's question, but I, I wanted to say something else. Uh-huh. The mob will determine who is, you know, the top person, right? And right now, it, it still kind of feels
1: like Seth. The mob will, de- even though we, the mob will determine it. When is that? has Vince ever given a crap about the mob?
0: I understand, but we they've also determined really quickly who they don't like, and they we shat all over Roman Reigns. We screened we're so bored with Roman Reigns on this show years ago. So I I listen. What my point is is like he, let him sink or swim on his own. Stop being wishy washy with it. Give him a damn chance to be a legitimate top guy. Oh, I see your comeback with a oh, yeah. with a belt. And stop being wishy-washy about it. Cement it. I agree with Billy's point here. Cement it, and he'll either swing, sink or swim on his own. Yeah. With, with some help from you and your booking, potentially. But he'll he'll hopefully sink, swim and not just completely sink. And we won't walk out the morning after WrestleMania to a chorus of booze uh, on SmackDown that week.
1: Well, and this is the thing. I mean, I, uh, now that I can set aside the devil's advocate, of course Roman should yeah. win at WrestleMania. Of course yeah. he should take that equity off of Goldberg. Now that people are coming around on him, Vince is finally going to get his way, the thing he's wanted all this time, and people are going to love Roman Reigns, and he'll be the top guy. And, and it's time. Yeah. So should have d- pulled the trigger a couple times, but he didn't.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Billy. Good points. Uh, next up, the champ, Chris White. Mm, champ, champ. Defending his title at WrestleMania for mm-hmm. the first time here in four weeks. What's up, gents? Three quick questions. Who had a more dissipa- disappointing run with the heavyweight title, Jack Swagger or Jinder Mahal? Jesus. Jack Swagger.
1: Yeah, because they they built...
0: Jinder at least had some spectacle to him.
1: Well, and Jack Swagger was built up so much, and it just... You know, Jinder kind of came out of nowhere, so we didn't have have any expectations. We knew it was going to be kind of crap. I think Jack Swagger's was more more disappointing. It was more of a letdown. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: Second question. What wrestling moment made you so angry you almost stopped watching wrestling? I've had a few of these.
1: (laughs) You've had a few recently. <laughs> we almost lost you on the show a couple times.
0: Yep.
1: Um, I did too. I have to admit, I had a, had a couple. that I had a few, and mostly Bray Wyatt getting beaten. Um, I definitely was one of the people that almost walked away after Roman Reigns won the Rumble uh, that one year. Um, the one where Rock was pointing at him. Yeah. Uh, whatever it was, 2016. Uh, that trying to anoint him. Oh, God. That was that was bad. I was really mad at them around that time. Like kind of just in general, I think a lot of people were, and that really was the beginning of the modern slide, like where they really started going downhill. Um, so a lot of people were pissed off by that. Um, but so that's one. What do you got?
0: Hell in a Cell with Seth and
1: Fiend. Yeah, that was a bad one. That was really bad. three months ago, four yeah. months ago. Oh boy, we were both pretty hot after that. Um. <laughs> Um, I honestly uh, another time that really almost the invasion angle and funnily enough specifically DDP being a stalker in just white hot rage that they were doing that to him. White hot rage. I was so pissed about that. Um, a, few, a few things that they did with the WCW guys. A few of the things that they did with the WW guys really drove me away for a while because it was just so petty and unnecessary and stupid shooting yourself in the foot. Just to be petty. It really just made... It disgusted me that they were doing that just to punish them. You know?
0: Um, Stone Cold walking out.
1: On Brock? On the Brock match?
0: Yeah. The whole refuse to lose uh, thing. Yeah. We were, we, were gonna, we were losing Stone Cold. We were losing all, uh, The Rock right around the same time. And, it, and that was really... I did quit watching through most of the ruthless aggression era mm-hmm. um i just i got really busy with life and work and career started to take off and all that and I, I came back around around 2010 2011 but i missed a lot of the that because rock and austin were leaving right and i was like i was done that was what that was what i was invested in them and dx right the, the that made wrestling those three made wrestling for me
1: you know, it's uh, in, yeah. in that era. You know, it's,
0: and when they left, I was I was kind of like, well, that's that then
1: <laughs> I'm out, too. I, it's funny because actually one that I, I, I can't say it made me angry. And I know I know that uh, that Chris is trying to ask, like, what booking decision or 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 whatever really pissed you off. And I, I think I think we both answered that. But the one that really it actually made me leave wrestling entirely for years uh, until I got brought back by CM Punk and I actually, and I missed the years after this. Um, I've had to go back and catch up cause so I've missed, I missed some really good stuff was, uh, and it didn't make me angry, but it really upset me and it changed my perception of a lot of wrestling and it changed my perception of a lot of my favorite matches and, and, and a lot of, a lot of things that went down. It, it really, it really messed with me and that was Chris Benoit killing his family. Mm. Um, It just, Mm. it really, it, it messed me up inside and just considering it and and contemplating like every aspect of it, just to this day, it's just, it's like, it's like someone peed in my wetsuit. You know, it's, it's, it's worms in my shoes. It's just, ah, horrific, absolutely horrific. And I've had to get past it, but that one almost, almost took me out of it. That's tough. Hmm.
0: All right. His last question says, "Please settle this for me." Everyone always says x pacs name in the NWO be- was because he was the sixth member when he was six. I thought it was because the one-two-three kid added up to be the number six. Help! Uh, Thanks for all that you do, you guys do. Thank
1: easy you. answer. It's both. It was because okay. of both. It was it was a double symbology. Um, he was not only the sixth member, but one-two-three added up to six. So they were like, "Oh, it's a, look at the double meaning." Uh, so. That's at least that's that's what uh, both he and Nash have said, that it was it was both. So,
0: thank you, Champ. Uh, we got one more that snuck in here um, because he's in the chat. I definitely want to get it in for him. Yep. Marshall yeah. asked last, but certainly not least. Evening, fellas. During the evolution episode of the ruthless aggression series they talked about orton and batista being (laughs) hand-picked to become instant stars what superstars of any promotion would you stick in that position in today's era and could instantly be at the top of the card for years to come
1: like just Uh, anoint anoint them they're low on the card now you anoint them and they become big stars
0: well when you say in that position i'm assuming i'm gonna pluck two guys out i'm gonna put them right next to two legends
1: Right, that's, that's what and, I mean. And They're they, going
0: to get that rub, like right? what's
1: happening with Sammy Guevara right now.
0: Bingo, bingo. That was the first one I was going to bring up. Thank you.
1: It's the most obvious one. Like Sammy Guevara is getting that; he's getting anointed right now in front of our eyes.
0: Sammy w- has been an indie darling for the longest time. Few uh, years. Uh, PWG well. he was on Lucha Underground. You know all of that. The, this time is AEW is the first time a great majority of people are getting exposed to Sammy Guevara, uh-huh. and he's he's killing it. He's absolutely killing the game, um, and then you have the other guy, Darby Allen, coming in, who's going into matches with some of these guys, and they're he's getting he's just going lights out, right? So who, what superstars would you stick in that position in today's era, and could it instantly be at the top of the car, and could instantly be at the top of the card for years to come?
1: Um, Austin Theory and Yuya Uemura.
0: Austin Theory, I agree with. Uh,
1: I don't know enough about the other one. He's a he's a young lion in New Japan right now. The dude is he's gold. <laughs> shooter, no shooter's great too. I, I think they that I think that shooter already kind of had that a little bit. He already had a little bit of anointing by being with John Moxley. It's why everyone you knows got the
0: Moxley rub. And yeah. and he's
1: now over there in in England, you know, pretending he's Tanahashi. Um, I think the Shota Umino or Shooter uh, is already kind of he already kind of got it a little bit, a little bit. He's not not as you know not apples for apples, but um i'm trying to think who else is I young feel like
0: what he's described what you're describing here marshall came to be with the shield seth rollins was the first nxt champion he had he had he had the golden egg right he was he was going to be the guy and then you take dean ambrose and roman reigns plop them down right next I think to him all three of them
1: they were like we got shield. we got three that are that any one of them and they all ended up being world champions U.S. champions, yeah. tag champions, IC champions. Like, I
0: think they're all grand, uh, whatever you
1: call it. I don't know they, if they, they all have, the, they have them all. I, grand slams. Yeah, they don't think they've ran everything. Like, not all of them have money in the bank. Not all of them have uh, rumble wins. But like, like she, uh, Sheamus, I think, has everything but the IC belt. Okay. Or did he finally Sheamus. get the, Yeah. No, I'm talking about Seth Rollins. No, I understand Dean that. Ambrose. I'm saying people who, who, oh. who have every accolade. Oh, okay. I think Sheamus has everything but the IC title. I have to double check myself.
0: I don't think Roman has money in the bank.
1: No, I don't think he does either.
0: Dean does. Seth does.
1: Yeah. But, and, I, but, and I, but Dean and Seth Dean didn't and win Dean and Seth the Rumble, are both But Grand they didn't S- win the Rumble.
0: Is that counted towards Grand Slam, though? I thought it was there's one
1: beyond Grand Slam. Like you could, there's, there's, there's getting all of the titles, oh. and then there's getting all of the accolades. Got it. Okay. so
0: Beating the game, basically.
1: <laughs> right. You've done everything. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we've got nothing more for you here to do.
1: Yeah, (laughs) uh, you've done everything. Uh, It's like completing achievements. Okay, okay, (laughs) right. Who who else, who could be anointed? Who's young? Well, Batista wasn't young, but um, who should be rocket strapped, I think is what he's saying. Who should be, like you said, who should be put with some uh, veterans who can give them advice because you want them to run the company for a while? Who can be the top of the company? I think I gave mine. Um, I think I think you know Austin. Austin Theory reminds me a lot of a young Randy Orton, maybe without yep. the, the the mental problems, but um, he reminds me a lot of that. So I think I think he could be one.
0: Uh, I, I'm looking at who's who's in their early 20s. I'm looking at uh, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm in the women's division. I'm looking at uh, Velveteen Dream. Uh, I'm looking at folks that are who- NXT superstars today, but maybe people outside of that don't know who they are. huh. They're getting ready to at WrestleMania. Um, we'll see. I, you know, but yeah, I, I'm looking down there at like how did how did the Shield come up? They came up through NXT. Sure. How did how did a lot of these folks come up? They came up through NXT. Who's down in NXT right now in their early to mid 20s that have superstar written all over them? Austin Theory, maybe the grander audience. Austin Theory. Austin sure.
1: Theory. I, yeah.
0: But he still feels a little bit like generic wrestler A. Sure. Like we were saying. So on the did Randy? To- Let's look at Randy.
1: Look at Randy when he starts. Sure. Off. That's same sure. thing. Sure. Who do you have? I mean, yep. who else? Who else do you see in NXT that could do that? Velveteen Dream. Hmm. I think he's. I think he's got nope. too much character at this point. I don't know. I feel like he's already. He's already done. Is he already there? Yeah. Like maybe. Is that what you're saying. Maybe. Yeah. Like, he's already. He's already past where randy orton and batista were where they were when they were tapped Do you know what i mean like I'm, I'm i'm looking for someone who's almost a little bit like generic wrestler a and needs to be molded by a legend while they're being tapped to be the number one guy that's kind of that's kind of where i was going with it maybe it's just someone we haven't seen on tv yet and they're hiding in the back waiting waiting
0: i think patient. i feel like that's what they're doing over in aew with with Tully Blanchard with Arn Anderson with well, Cody doesn't need it, but I mean
1: That's kind of what I mean. Yeah.
0: Sean Spears, great example.
1: Yeah, maybe they sort st- of
0: plucked plucked out of obscurity and he comes out day one, hits Cody with a chair shot. Whoa, who's this guy?
1: Yeah, but he's also more interested in running his wrestling school and kind of just being there part time. I think they would stick someone with him, like for like his tag partner. Maybe they pull someone out of obscurity, Simon Miller, and make them a star. Simon Miller. <laughs> Why? That's why. That's why. That's why.
0: Well, thank you very much, Marshall. And thank you, everybody, to all of our patrons for all of your support and all of your questions every single week. We absolutely love doing these uh, every single week. It's, it's one of our favorite things to do. If you guys would like to get in on this uh, and get into patron Pickums. And get into all kinds of other good stuff, like a whole back catalog of bonus episodes. Head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers over there. Get your questions in every week. Get your bonus episodes, all kinds of stuff. It is the best way to support the show. We love you guys for it. Thank you so much. Uh, BWOPodcast.com as well is where you can find links to all of our social medias and all of our interactive kind of stuff. Uh, so definitely head over there. Click on all the links. Click on all the follows uh, and definitely head over to youtube.com slash busted wide open, where we stream live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, including this very show, the Patreon mailbag, at around 5 Eastern, as soon as we're done with the other show. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. And hey, come hang out in the Discord channel with us uh, for the chat tomorrow where we'll be doing a watch party on Facebook and then the live chat throughout Elimination Chamber tomorrow night. Ooh, yeah. And then we got WrestleMania coming in just four weeks Oh my from god! tomorrow. It's here, guys. WrestleMania oh is finally god. here in a month. Ugh. It's hard to believe that we'll be entering year three, four. We'll be entering year four of doing this podcast in, uh, after WrestleMania. It's absolutely crazy. And thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at DatacenterDude. And
1: my name is Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous.
0: Bye bye, God! And somebody stop the damn match!
1: This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. Orbitaljigsaw.com.